everyone's back. It's Tuesday night, so CMQ night. Got a new cast of characters on tonight. You got our resident Longhorn, hook them. Hook them right there, horns down. And uh, now we got Brendan still riding high. A couple weeks of some good Tiger football getting him through. And I am still in the depths of despair because my team absolutely sucks. So, I don't know. Let's roll it. Another week. EMQU episode three live. Here we go. Uh, how we doing, fellas? Oh, um, pretty good. I was uh, Zach's probably doing a lot better than than both of us with his Niners last it. night. Um, yeah, I'm thinking Niners. we need to change. We we finally are kind of living up to the name of the shows that we uh, that we make here. But they every night quarterback, I guess. We do this every fucking E-N-Q. day. <laughs> yeah, we really have. Yeah, the, the whole, every, we get the whole week on our palm now. Yeah, it should, yeah, the morning thing doesn't work, but it, I mean, it's been EMQ forever, and it used to be once a week, so it never made sense. Now it makes sense. We're dominating every night. Um, college football, fellas, it was a pretty big week. We saw some some good, very good games. Um, not too many huge upsets um almost the biggest upset in maybe a long time yeah uh, we're going to talk about them and uh what we think if we should be worried about that's kind of two weeks in a row for the bulldogs struggling but first uh we're going to go over kind of the games we featured last week we're going to start out in uh clemson south carolina where clemson was able to dispatch the wolf pack uh 30 to 20 uh Kind of a just a good all-around effort for Clemson. I thought DJ played with a lot of confidence coming from that Wake Forest game. And I think what this win does for Clemson is it sets up that they have the clearest path to the playoff right now. The hardest part of their schedule is gone. And all the other teams that are in playoff con- contention still have some huge dates on the schedule. Um, Clemson, after you know getting rid of Wake Forest and then NC State, the two toughest teams on their schedule um, – They've gotten passed and they've passed that test. Um, they have an ACC title game, but as we're going to go over later, the ACC Coastal is just a dumpster fire. So I, they don't really need to worry about anybody coming out of that side. Um, but, yeah, I mean, big win for Clemson. Uh, how do you see it, Brendan? I mean, it was definitely a great win. Great back-to-back weeks for them. The offense actually looks alive. Um, defense is great, and, they, and they've been playing shorthanded on defense. Yeah. A mix of injuries and and uh, misfortune. More um, injuries in that game too. Um, but I mean, the team looks good, and they've they've dispatched two really good teams, two of the better teams they're going to play, as you said. They do still have a lot of teams that could trip them up on the schedule. Florida State, Miami, Notre Dame um, are all coming up, and Syracuse right now is just trouncing everyone to the point of 
needing to play short <laughs> short quarters in the second yeah. half against yeah, I was uh, UConn, like it like it was a youth football jamboree. Um, I was going to talk about that later, but we can talk about that right now. Just to, to close that out, though, Clemson's now in great shape, and a yeah. lot of their problems seemingly are a little bit behind them. Uh, DJ's playing good ball. Shipley like does ev- absolutely everything on offense, um, and the defensive front is just crazy good. So Clemson is uh they got a scary bunch out there now. They do. They do. They do. Yeah. If they I mean, just stop doing nepotism, like with everyone's son on special teams, then I think they'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that. Just to touch on it quick, the fact that an NCAA football game went to 10 minute running quarters in the second half, like yeah. I, it's an indictment as a society, I think, right now <laughs> that we've let it get to that. Did you point. know that you're allowed to just agree to other rules? I did not. Like, well, what else can you both agree to? That's also like betting wise, that's a crazy thing. Yeah. If you bet like, the over or something, yeah. I feel like anything you bet though should almost get voided. I, I think it should because that it it's not what you agreed to. Yeah. Like yes, so the spread in that game was 54 and a half. So they did cover, but like it was in doubt too. And like I but like also said, the you know, other way, it's like hey, there's 10 more minutes we should have to backdoor it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. In yeah. Both so directions. I so yeah, I mean, I a I didn't think that just that happened at the NCAA level, and B, I think. We need to, they need to take a look at it gambling wise because I think that's gonna at some if you're gonna keep doing stuff like that it's gonna cause an issue at some point. I'm, um, I just did, what other things are they allowed to both agree to? If you're allowed to yeah. just agree to play a different get, can you be like the third quarter we're gonna play hockey? <laughs> right, like fourth, you know what I mean? Like what the fourth quarter first downs are gonna be every fifteen years. What other rules <laughs> can both teams just go? This is the rules now. Yeah, field goals are four. Yeah, if you're gonna crazy. go to ten minute running quarters, just call the game off. You know, just well, yeah. say that's it. No moss. Yeah, just be like, do you forfeit? I guess you forfeit. We'll just right. stop playing. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. You got to do something. I mean, also, I don't know I, Wagner. I think they're FCS. Um, oh yeah. So I'm sure they were getting a check for going, but I mean, I guess Syracuse. You can't really blame them for kind of how they schedule, um, but. Syracuse, as you mentioned, kind of a sneaky. They're five and zero right now, um, and just obliterating people. So yeah, that could be a game. There are definitely are some little pit game or uh, not pit, but, but yeah, trip, yeah. trip games that uh, Clemson has on their schedule. But the games that they they will be favored probably by double digits in every game. The rest yes, of the but I mean Florida State is a toughie. Notre Dame obviously a tough game. It also depends um, where these games are. Which one of these games are road games? Clemson loves to play Clemson loves to almost every year play a a down to the last second game with Boston College, uh who they still yeah. have to play. Syracuse has beaten them in big seasons. So Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right, but go Clemson's ahead, in a situation Clemson's in a situation where if they lose at all, they're not getting into the playoff because of their schedule. They're going to have but, to go undefeated. But they have overcome sort of the – coming into this year, I think the, the narrative had 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 moved to um, Clemson isn't as good as we think they are and their schedule and blah, blah, blah. I think with those two wins, people will acknowledge like, okay, this team's actually good. Well, after the four and three start last year, everyone said the Clemson dynasty is over. Then they ran yeah. off the last seven games in a row of the season. And now they've won the first five this year. 
So I think things are looking, you know, they're back to normalcy down there in South Carolina. I do think as far as one loss eliminating them, I don't know if that would be the case this year. I think it depends when the one loss comes. And there's so much other shit going on. Like it depends yeah. what happens in other conferences. I just, I just, I just think- don't know if they can get past it. Cause you're going to get an Bama and a Georgia both going to get in with one loss. So Bama and Georgia. Sure. But one of them State. will definitely have a loss. Yeah. But I Michigan, think Ohio State, one of them will definitely have a loss. Yeah, but they also have Penn State there. I, I think there's going to be more cannibalization in the other yeah. leagues that I don't even know if there's going to be four one-loss teams this year. Yeah, I think that's you might fair. see that's, that's loss fair. Team in this year. I'm just saying the path to Clemson being the four seed with one loss would be a lot tougher when they automatically end with no loss. It's obvious. Well, of course, yeah. Again, I, I just think barring the Pac-12 team going undefeated. If the Pac-12 team has one loss, Clemson's going to get in over them. Big 12 um, team as well, yes. Th- there's a bunch of that. So it's not as dire as as you might I'm think. just implying that uh, compared to past years, I think this is the most like one loss really could hurt Clemson, you know, of the past, you know, decade. When compared happens. equally, except I think there's a lot of likelihood that those bigger teams you name are definitely also going to have one loss or might have two. Fair enough. Yeah, I agree. And I think that um, just the, I, I think timing also always matters. You yeah. can overcome an early loss a lot more than you can if they go the AC or if they lose to South Carolina last game of the You can also weirdly overcome right. losing to like a shit team more than like losing to like an okay team. Yeah. There's also a bias where if you lose week four, then run the table compared yeah. to where if you lose week 10 and then everyone's like, Oh, Oh yeah. You know? Yep. It's, so. it's also when you lose, it comes back to style points yeah. too. If you lose a close game and then you go out and win by 60, the next three games, it says a lot too, I think uh, to the committee. The, so the committee. Um, I think, you know, but the basic thesis is just that Clemson's path is a lot clearer than the other contenders. It's right wide now. open now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the second game we're looking at last week was uh, Alabama and Arkansas. Uh, so Alabama jumped all over them early. Arkansas pretended like they were going to make it a game. And then Alabama did the college football equivalent, I feel like, of hitting back-to-back-to-back home runs. This game was two separate ass kickings <laughs> with a little sleepy in the middle. Yeah, like they, they exactly whipped their it. ass, fell asleep, and then whipped their ass again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was exactly what it was. They got close, and then you have the Alabama backup quarterback going on an 80 yard jaunt down the field, and then their two running backs come in and just hit huge Gibbs. runs. And uh, Gibbs is a special player. Oh, Gibbs is a special player. Yeah, no, and it just shows that you know the Alabama just the reloading, and they have just um. Players on players on players there. Oh, no, the uh, quarterback's hurt. Well, the backup quarterback's the fastest man alive. Yeah. Well, <laughs> can you think of any other, like, situation in college football, like, ever, where every time a starting quarterback goes down for a team, the backup comes in, and they're arguably they're, better. And they're, like, they're immediately like, whoa, wait, why is he better? <laughs> yeah, this guy would start. Alabama every time. Sometimes with Alabama – it's the backup guy gets hurt and the other guy from before comes back and is better than he yeah. used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Jalen hurts too. Right. You know? And it's like, these guys would all start at 90% of the other programs. Yeah. You know? So it's interesting there. Um, 
Bryce Young injury. I've seen that it doesn't look to be too serious. It was a shoulder injury. Um, looks like he's gonna gonna be back. It was um, his non-throwing shoulder. Correct? It was his non-throwing yeah. shoulder. Correct. They have Texas A&M this week. Um, little revenge game. I we're not gonna talk about it later, but I think Alabama is going to put a hurt in on Texas A&M this year. After um, after the Jimbo and Nick Saban offseason back and forth, I think Nick Saban is going to put a little. Uh, they're, yeah. they're not going to hold back, to say yeah. the least. And A and M is not as good as they were made out to be. No. Yeah, uh, and Alabama's twenty four point favorites. That's nuts. <laughs> but yeah, it it is crazy. Um, one thing I took from this game though for Arkansas is KJ Jefferson can't throw. Um. Not a really. lot of open receivers downfield. He he just couldn't make a throw. Um, I don't know how much of that was pressure. I don't know what, but he just didn't seem to be comfortable back there. A lot of overthrows, a lot of miss on crossing routes. Um, and then my last point on this game is as a person who had Arkansas plus 17 and a half and was just looking for that beautiful backdoor cover at the end, fuck Jaden Hazelwood. He catches a – an out on a fourth and five and doesn't even attempt to get the first down there. He looked like he could have walked for the first down. He does a little, a little juke jive and jip and just lays down and <laughs> gives them the game. Um, it was a, uh, you know, just something that the, the, the disgustingness hasn't been seen since Todd Gurley laid down on his way to the end zone. Just somebody <laughs> who clearly does not care about the better, and um, just people, the constituents out there who this the spread means something. So fuck you, Jaden Hazelwood. Um, with another all example respect. of the elites not caring about the regular average Joe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> another one on the list. Um, so yeah, I mean, other than that, I thought Alabama just kind of showed that they're still Alabama. Um, everybody kind of it was the spot that everybody was talking about, and uh, yeah, they killed them twice. They killed them. They did. They absolutely did. Um, so if there's nothing more, the last game we talked about last week was Ole Miss versus Kentucky, um, Man, a game yeah. that did not go the way I thought it would in the first half. Um, Kentucky could not stop Ole Miss in the first half. Ole Miss was running that hurry up and running the ball against Kentucky, which was the part I thought Kentucky would – I thought Kentucky was going to make Jackson Dart beat him through the air. And they were gashing them with runs all that first half. Um, they got up. Kentucky made a push uh, later in the game. Uh, had a few missed opportunities at the end. but A um, few? <laughs> they had the ball three times inside their 20 and didn't yeah, score they had a whole mess opportunities. Yeah, they yeah. had a ton of opportunities. Um, so going forward, I think what this tells me is that the SEC this year is – Alabama, Georgia, and then a ton of teams that are the exact same team. But that are all like, that are all good. good. They're all yes, good. they're all good. But they're an all on the same level that's a notch below the top two teams. Yeah, and they and they would all be the be, the best or second best team in every other power of five conference. Yeah. I, second I best, most be likely there. second best, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. You're telling me you're telling me you put those four teams we're talking about. Kentucky, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, or Florida, if you want, 
and, or, Tennessee, or Tennessee, or Tennessee. If you put them in the Big 12 or Pac-12. I'm saying put them in the Pac-10 or Pac-12, yeah. whatever it's called. Yeah. And, I mean, that's they're dominating. Yes, they're working yes. that. But yes. I'm, but there's other – the Big 10, they're not doing that there necessarily. And the, well, they might ACC, give Michigan – they, they the might give Michigan-Ohio State a game, though. You never yeah. know. Yo, right. of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think we saw early on when Florida just put a hurt in – or uh, beat Utah um, – that in Utah was supposed to be the flag bearer of the Pac-12 this year. Um, I would agree that kind of all those uh, all those teams would be at the top of the other conferences. Um, but that's kind of what I'm saying with the cannibalization. I think that the way those teams are going to cannibalize each other in the SEC is the way the entire conference is going to go in the other one, other uh, other Power Five leagues. So I think that's why you could see a two-loss team getting into the playoff this year. Um, but yeah, kind of a take takeaway from that um, is I don't know. So I wrote down is Ole Miss a legitimate threat to Bama this year? Um, I, I think they can give them a game, but yeah, I think everybody can. I think there's a lot of teams that are going to give them a game. Ole Miss, I just I don't know. I haven't seen a defense in the SEC besides Georgia right now that I think can stop Alabama. That that yeah yeah that that I want to make a quick point. That Ole Miss Kentucky game that was it. That was a great jersey game. I love the both the the color. We it's just great colors. I love the, those jerseys. Ole Miss wearing that color blue though. I kept thinking they were Kentucky like the entire first ten minutes of watching that game. Yeah, I because hear it's, you. I, it's not what I think of with Ole Miss. I loved it. It's a good look yeah. for them. But I'm so used to the red. Well, did you see the classic? Also, the classic uh, uh, like. West Side Story fraternity fight in the stands there, the Blazers oh. versus the button-ups. Yeah, there was no, bow ties. Awesome, bow awesome. ties flying everywhere and yeah. not a single punch landed. Just beautiful <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I mean, most schools have like, you know, a Razorback or like an elephant or like a cool theme. And and Ole Miss's theme is just a here's a hot, here's a hot beverage. <laughs> hot tot. Here's a hot beverage. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I thought we're going a different direction. It's kind of soft, you know. It's what kind is, of a, it's kind what of soft. is Ole Miss's uh Mascot. Are they, are they still the rebels? Are they still? Are we still allowed to say that? Yeah, I thought they, they say the. They say the entire theme of Ole Miss is like. Allude, <laughs> no, every way you can allude to a very problematic thing without <laughs> being that thing. <laughs> yeah, Pretty it's much. old antebellum, is what yeah. it is down there. Yeah, absolutely, Ole Miss. Uh, yeah. It's a it's an interesting place. I've never gone to a game down there. I've always wanted to go down there. We do got to give a quick shout out though to uh, the the way Kentucky's program over the last five years has really turned itself into a relevant pro. I mean, they used to be the the laughing stock, the embarrassment. They the are they going to lose by forty or fifty in the in in divisional in conference games? So oh, the blue bloods are back. Kansas it's a great it's a oh, great yeah. little it's a great little comeback story for their program. <laughs> no, absolutely. Mark Stoops doing a hell of a job turning that program around um, at a school where didn't really ever care about football. It was definitely a basketball school. It's definitely still a basketball school, but they care about football now, which uh, is a great credit to him um, over at Kentucky. Uh, he's doing a great job. So, But like, like you said, they used to be um, kind of that doormat, and they're definitely a contender now. So it is good to see up there. Um, tough game against Ole Miss, um, but they'll bounce back. They have some big games still on the schedule and uh, including Georgia. Um, so that's kind of, those are the three big games we went over. We're going to move to a new, uh, new segment. We're starting this week. Uh, good, bad, the ugly. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, so we're going to go over some uh, some good things from the weekend, some bad things from the weekend, some downright ugly things from this weekend. Um, the first team I want to start with with good is TCU. TCU going out and just putting a hurt in on Oklahoma. Um, the one interesting thing that's like the, 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 I think they won 50, 55 to 20, I think was the final. They were five-point underdogs. Um, they went out there. Interesting thing here, the offensive coordinator for TCU, anybody know? No, yeah, Lincoln Riley's brother, Garrett Riley, the brother huh. of Lincoln Riley. So the Riley family just keeps. He also looks together. identical to him. He does look identical to Lincoln huh. Riley. So, um, but really, TCU, a team that coming into the season, a lot of people thought we're going to have a da- down year. Um, Max Duggan, the transfer quarterback, has came in and really, really uh, kind of opened up that offense, and they're doing things that they haven't been doing. Um, so TCU, I think they have a big. Weird to say, a big game against Kansas this weekend that we're going to talk about a little bit later. But um, TCU is off to a hell of a start this year, and um, just it was really cool to see them go out there and just they got out early on Oklahoma and they just kept their foot on the gas, and it was never really in question at all. So yeah, um, I mean the Gabriel injury certainly didn't help Oklahoma, but it didn't seem like it would have mattered. No, it didn't at all. And we're going to talk about Oklahoma in another part of this, um, but. The inability of Oklahoma year in, year out to play consistent defense is one of the more mind-boggling things to me because it's not an athlete issue. They're Oklahoma. They get athletes, and now they have the coach that's you know has put together some of the best defenses that we've seen in the last decade. So it's it's interesting to me to see them continue to struggle, and I don't – I mean, it's obviously his first year, so you're not going to change things overnight, but – for the you know a couple of weeks we thought they kind of had the ship right in, and then the last two weeks they just haven't been able to stop anything. Um, so it, it it makes you kind of a little bit worried about Oklahoma going forward. And uh, Brett Venable, if he's you know he was going to come in and change the culture, and uh, they definitely needed a culture change, and that might be going on. But their defense has not gotten any better yet. I mean, I I don't know if we can just say we'll get to you know more in depth on Oklahoma soon. I don't know if you can say righted the ship when they played two cupcakes in Kent State. No, I, I was saying it looked like he was riding the ship. They looked better. I, I mean, hear you. I hear you. But even if you look at some of the previous years, they were still giving up 30, 40 points to those teams they were playing early in the season. Like they weren't True. blowing those teams out. They haven't been um, for a while. Uh, the other team I wanted to look at in the good section was Oklahoma State, sticking in the state of Oklahoma. They were able to take down Baylor this weekend. Um, Spencer uh, Spencer Sanders, sorry, looks like he is going to be a uh, kind of a dark horse, even Heisman contender. Um, I thought they came out and in a game that was going to be really close, they kind of looked in control the entire time. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> it's is. crazy that he's still the head coach. They're still like, he's really put up quite a, quite a program for a very long period of time. Yeah, he really um, has. Uh, like that's a freaking they, long time. He's like a man who's almost sixty now. What weren't they? Weren't they going to be in the CFP one year and they lost the Big Ten twelve last year? Game? Last, last year, yeah, the Baylor, Baylor, right? The they ran Baylor. the end around and he he needed to reach for the pylon. He didn't. Yeah, get the pylon. they would have been yeah, in. Baylor, Baylor blocked him. Blocked him from getting into the college football yeah. playoff. But I mean, he's, he's done a really good. He's done a really good job. I think they more. I, I don't. I still don't know how he didn't score on that. No, play. he should have scored. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> 
But uh, they've just they've been they've probably been the most consistently good team in the Big Twelve um, over the course of the last twenty years, other than Oklahoma. Um, Definitely, no doubt, no doubt. No, absolutely. And it's kind of flown under the radar. It it, it absolutely has. I mean, you look at a Oklahoma State, a program that before Gundy came was, you know, consistently right in the middle of the pack, and they would probably have some down years and be at the bottom of Big Twelve. I mean, since he's taken over, they're Top in the three, upper part of the year. Big Twelve every year. They're they're in contention. Um, he's he he was able to turn Bedlam into appointment television for the last five or six years. I mean, you don't have to care about Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, and everybody loves watching that game. Um, it's not been competitive as people might want you to think, but. Um, he's done a great job there, Mike Gundy. And it is, I mean, the tenure, I mean, that I'm a man, I'm 40 video has got to be close to 20 15, years old. 16 years old. Yeah, I think it's about 15 years ago. Yeah. So. so he's almost a man who's 60. He is. He is. Um, he's got that great mullet rocking now. <laughs> he does. Staying in the big 12, um, just a fun story. And we were talking about Kentucky basketball school. That's, you know, stepping up in football. Kansas this year, Kansas this year. And everybody thought last week was going to be the week that Kansas kind of the slipper fell off and uh, they went out and they played a great defensive game. They benefited from some questionable field goal kicking and some questionable decision-making by the coach um, Matt Campbell over at Iowa state, but they were able to go out there and uh, beat Iowa state and they're sitting undefeated five and zero right now. Now, I think it's going to all come crashing down. When you look at their remaining schedule, they go to Oklahoma, to Baylor, home for Oklahoma State, at Texas Tech, home for Texas, and at Kansas State. So I I, I don't know where they'll end the season. But I think it's going to be nice to uh, – you know, I just want to shout him out. And Lance Leipold, I don't know if he's going to be the coach there next year, um, but he has done a great job um, working the transfer portal and just putting together a great team this year. So shout out to Kansas – um, as they've had a hell of a first five weeks of the season. Again, I think we mentioned last year their win over under on the season was two and a half, and they're sitting at five right now. So. I'd love to. I'd love to know when the last time since Man uh, Mark Mangino left that they've had five wins. If it's even happened at all, I don't know if it's happened. Yeah. I don't know if it's happened at all. I highly wonder, doubt. Zach, does this make you feel better about last year's? I was just jump? thinking about. I was just thinking about that. Um, it makes me feel like. What an embarrassment to give up 60 points at home to Kansas. But uh, so, I mean, the season was already so shot last year. I kind of swept that under the rug. So it's kind of sucks you brought it up again. I really only <laughs> set that up to then take it away because, like Nick mentioned, a lot of this is a lot of transfer players. So a lot of people who weren't involved in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah but I mean, it, it might have been, you know, like kind of like uh, an omen that they, the program was coming together somewhat. And, and oh, maybe no. you can point to that and say Spirits like, were involved. You, you can point to, yeah. Okay. You could point to that and say like, you know, there's some evidence that this team now we're not entirely shocked. They're five and zero. Oh. Yeah. And I think you could go back to it and look at it as kind of a jumping off point. I think it's less of like a black mark against Texas and more of like a, the moment Kansas knew they could be real kind of thing. Um, like 40 years or something. Yeah, and they and I think they took that and kind of ran with it and used kind of the momentum of winning that game into the offseason and then hit the ground running this season, obviously, um, with the 5-0 and start. Um, so, 
or, or sorry, they do play TCU. I, I said Oklahoma. They play TCU this week at home. That's oh. going to be the biggest football game in Lawrence, Kansas in years. So oh, yeah. um, I think TCU is going to get them, but we'll, uh, we'll right, talk about We're going to get into that later, I thought. Yeah, we are. We are. We are. It was just – it's a tease, Zach. It's a tease. Oh, okay. Okay. Brent, <laughs> what's that why. face? Brent, what's that face? <laughs> Mississippi State uh, is the other team I wanted to call out in the good – the uh, the good MSU this year. Um, Will Rogers is the truth. I think he's a legitimate dark horse Heisman candidate this year. Um, he is the best Mississippi State quarterback since Dak Prescott. It's probably not saying much, but uh, I just think that shots fired at Dak Prescott. He means <laughs> since then, but yeah, since then. No, he said since. it's not saying much. Well, I'm saying it's not saying. That's more shots it. fired. I get it. Now. I get it. We don't, nope, move on. I get it. <laughs> anyway. Um, I don't let him get away with jokes because I'm mean. But, Mississippi State, you know, everybody had talked about Texas A&M and their defense, and, you know, they played a couple teams, and their offense didn't look good, but their defense looked great. And Mississippi State, State came out and did whatever they wanted against Texas A&M uh, offensively. So that was really impressive. Um, Mississippi State, the next three, they play Arkansas at Kentucky at Alabama before they play Auburn, who's kind of struggling, and then they play Georgia. So the next five weeks for Mississippi State are a gauntlet. I could not believe that Mississippi State is favored by a touchdown against Arkansas. I was shocked to see that line. They are next. Well, after they just they just blew the doors off A and M. A and M beat Arkansas. Things like that. You know. Yeah, I hear you. I just thought it was. I I thought it'd be closer. Mississippi State's going to cause one of those teams. They're going to cause a real problem for. Oh, absolutely. One of those big boys. And yeah. what it does too, I mentioned Will Will Rogers, and what that gauntlet of a schedule does is it gives him tons of opportunity to really cement his name um, into that conversation. Just, just real quick, how does Alabama always seem to play like the up and coming dark horse SEC team? How are they always at home for that game? <laughs> you know what I mean? It feels like every year they put their biggest. Game. It's like the schedule makers is uh, Saban's in their pocket. Like make sure we play our uh, the toughy ones at home. It's, it seemed like it's really funny you say that because we're about to move into the bad. And the first team I have on the bad list is Georgia. And part of what I'm going to talk about is the schedule down the, the road for them. And every decent team that Georgia plays this year, they play at home. Um, <laughs> so they've had two tough weeks in a row. They gave up 22 points to Kent State and then did not lead against Missouri until I think four and a half minutes left in the game. When yeah. They took the lead at the end. Um, and the first half, like. I'm sorry, even... just like traditional college football on the weekend, we have to interrupt it entirely to mention Aaron Judge just hit 60 second home run. Oh. Oh, wow. So they've been interrupting every football game to tell us about him. So I interrupted. Well, yeah, no, good for, we, good for we, him in the real record. Uh, well, yeah, I was going to ask that. Why do we care so much? We don't. Okay. They, they, baseball is so desperate to have anything move the needle that they are trying so hard. But the thing they've been doing where the middle of a football game, they just cut in and show baseball. It's like, we would turn that on. We have the TV. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it's absolutely insane. It is funny. Like, you don't need to do that anymore. Like, technology also, is caught oh, up. I also just got six notifications to my phone. I can watch it immediately. They I don't, want it to be 1996 so bad. Yeah. yeah when I'm sorry. Care. We're just not, we're just not as excited as we used to be for that. No, kind they of want thing. it to be before the strike. Um, maybe, maybe not try everything in their power to dumb the game down or shorten it or change the rules for like, to make it like a little league game. And that was talking baseball. 
That was yeah. tough. <laughs> um, but back to Georgia. So gave up a lot of points to Kent State. Had a really tough time with Missouri. Uh, should we be worried about Georgia? No. Okay. Um, uh, no, they escaped the game with a win. I mean, uh, every year the top teams always have a game they don't quite show up for. And the question is, do they escape it still with a win? And they I, did escape it with a win. They needed every second of that game. If that was a sh- five-minute shorter game, they're going to lose it. They, they absolutely um, lose the game. Credit to Big Fat Kicker. Big Fat Kicker was incredible. He was awesome. What he a badass. Been. I mean, yeah. just awesome. Just crushing um, field goals from everywhere all day. But, yeah, Georgia had a lot of trouble out there, but they they woke up in time. The only here's, thing... Go ahead, Zach. Okay, here's my opinion on Georgia. I'm slightly in the Brendan camp of no, we don't need to worry. But I will posit uh, an alternative um, way of thinking. I think that the one thing you really need to be concerned with Georgia is I wouldn't be concerned with the defense giving up 22 to Kent State. It was actually pretty damn good uh, mid-major school uh, program this year. And Missouri kicking a bunch of field goals. I mean, it's not that big a deal. I wouldn't worry about the defense. They'll figure it out. I do worry about Stetson Bennett just having a poop game or two, like, because, you know, they did beat Alabama, but he didn't do, he tried to lose them that game for the first three quarters. Uh, he's shown the ability to be clutch, but I think if there's a main major concern, it's that he could just, just randomly shit the bed. So, and that's kind of where I'm at with it too, is that I, I, I don't think it's concerned. The, the fact that it's happened two weeks in a row um, is a little concerning, but the only thing that gives me pause is like you said, that they're not built with a, you know, a high octane offense. So if they're, they, for some reason, give up a bunch of points early, they could get in trouble. And I think we saw that against Missouri, that they're not, necessarily built to come back um they're more built i think to play in front on offense um but when you look at their schedule going down the end of the season they play auburn vandy florida and tennessee the next four weeks all at home (laughs) they go to mississippi state to kentucky and then back home for georgia tech so they have two road games the rest of the season how do you get four home games in a row in conference play I don't understand. It, it's the the SEC scheduling is very interesting to me. The um, guy is paid by the big programs. I think they do. They these schedules are made like ten years in advance, so it's not the conference ones. Yeah, the 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 uh, the other really? conferences. The SEC, I think, is on a two or three year rotation. Um, but yes, but the thing about the SEC is they don't seem to go back and forth like. I feel like the same teams play the same teams at home a couple years in a row. Like it doesn't seem to flip flop every year. Like you do see in other conferences. It's just weird. Yeah, it is weird. Um, it happens when there's 16 teams, you know, I guess. Yeah. Well, there's about to be what? 18. Yeah. It's a, it's chaotic. It's chaotic. <laughs> so um, the other team in the bad this week I had is a uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin oh. goes out there. What a bad team. A week after getting trounced by Ohio State and gets embarrassed by Illinois, Brett Bielema, some revenge on his old uh, the old team, and it was so bad that they fired Paul Chris uh, this week. So Wisconsin, let's go with their head coach. Weird um, so move there. Did anyone agree that's, that's a th- little – it's, it's the Mac Brown move, but, I mean, a little less than Mac Brown. But it's like, oh, we, we, we don't want 10 wins. No thanks. He's, won, he's had a winning record every year. 
It's we don't the, want we don't want ten wins a year. We want six. It's yeah, but you're Wisconsin. Like it's yeah. it's the Bo Pelini move at Wisconsin or at Nebraska. It's right. you win ten. You yeah, go ten Al over, Skinner. The Al gonna, Skinner. Right. right. You, we're yeah, going to yeah. fire you because we think we should be go- winning national championships, even though it's not 1997 anymore. Yeah, that's not like, what we are at all. Yeah, I thought it's such. It was such a quick trigger that it made me think that they either have somebody already lined up for the position that they want to give it to, or there's something else that happened. Or there's just been internal, like real butting of heads. And- yeah, maybe Mar- maybe Mario Mario Cristobal will come over. Be- because. <sighs> Because they're they're having a very bad season this year, but like you're like he said, in his tenure there, they've been a winning program ever since he got there. I mean, it started with Bielema, or it started with Barry Alvarez. Bielema kept them going, and then uh, you know Paul Chris comes in, and he he's been a good coach there. They've had good teams, so I was a little bit surprised by that move. But Illinois came out and just kind of they they Wisconsin to Wisconsin. They just yeah. lined up and told you what they were going to do every time, and they did it. And uh, kudos to them. Um, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about Pitt real quick, losing to Georgia Tech, um, which is a tough look for them. Um, tough look I, if anyone loses to Georgia Tech. So I think Pitt was very similar to the team they played in a bowl last year, Michigan State, where they had all these expectations based on what they did last year, even though it was an entirely different team coming into this year. So I think all season long, like Pitt was supposed to be the team that was going to be in the ACC Coastal and kind of hold up that side of the division, and they just don't have a very good team this year. I mean, um, they lost the Heisman candidate to the NFL, so what do you expect? Yeah, they, I mean, absolutely. They also lost their top receiver transferred to USC. Um, they lost their offensive coordinator. Um, so it's an entirely different team that part, Pat Nardese and coaching staff that he has up there, um, but they're really struggling. Um, Georgia Tech gets them 26-21 this week. Um, and that both of those teams leads me to like my two big bad things, and it's the Big Ten West and the ACC Coastal. If you look at the ACC Coastal right now, Duke is in first place. Blue Duke, blood. UNC, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Miami, Pittsburgh, and Virginia. That's the ACC Coastal. That's the basketball <laughs> standings? or <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> Man, is that bad. The five best teams in the ACC are all on one side of it. And it's the same thing in the Big Ten. When you look at the Big Ten West right now, Illinois has a stranglehold on the Big Ten West right now. Northwestern, a team that a lot of people said is one of the worst teams in the country, is second place in the Big Ten West right now. (laughs) Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, Minnesota, Nebraska, Iowa, and Wisconsin. Not a prolific offense in the bunch, and not a like all those teams would be in the bottom half of the other side of the Big Ten, or really any a lot of the conferences. It's just the inequity between the two divisions in the conferences is, I think, something I think the Big Ten is going to handle that when USC and UCLA come in. I think they're going to realign a lot of stuff, but the ACC. I guess when you formed it, Miami and Virginia Tech were you know, kind of the tent poles that you had on that, and those programs have just kind of fallen off. Yeah, that's a big factor in it. In, and teams like NC State and Wake Forest were kind of a joke, you know. Right. And, but it's and Duke still is, but 
Well, yeah, it just shows how quickly things can change in college football. And if you get the right coach in there and he's recruiting well, you can really turn a program around. Um, but I, I thought it was just interesting to see kind of how much, uh, how different those two sides are. Um, so now we're going to get into the ugly going forward. Um, what I have on here, first off, um, the Iowa offense. I don't think you can kind of personify ugly any more than watching spent uh watching the Iowa offense and Petrus play quarterback. Um no. There's not it's just like and it makes you wonder how long the fan base is going to allow this to happen because this isn't like a just this year thing. They've been riding the fact that they give up like less than 10 points most games for years. It's and kind of fun. What? Did you hear what he did you hear what he said to the media Pat, Petrus when asked uh they they said um, a lot of people are saying you should be benched. He said, I quote, he said, I don't give a fuck. You can't nice. say, you can't Ooh, I like say that. I don't no, like, I like that. It. Not when, not when you're 14 for 32 every game with two interceptions. Yeah, but what does it tell you but, about I mean, what's behind He's them? carrying on an Iowa tradition. It's not like it's like he's uniquely bad. This is a, this is a school that has gone for the last 15 years of scoring 10 and giving up 10 about <laughs> It's just it's brutal to watch him play quarterback. It it really is. It's but ugly. It's kind of you're kind of in a position though, I feel like as an Iowa fan where you don't see like kind of a light at the end of the tunnel because I I'm pretty sure they gave Kirk Ferentz like a lifetime deal. Like I, I don't think like I, I don't think there's any possibility of him moving on from Iowa. And I think as long as he's there, it's gonna be this. You also have you know, we're not going to get into it too much, but you have some culture issues that have arisen over the past few, few years in Iowa. Some, you know, some allegations about, you know, maybe some racial stuff going on. You didn't hear, you haven't heard about that? No, I'm just making no. excuses. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's well, been I did, hear, I did hear about that, Kirk. For, yeah, I did. I just, so I, I, you know, I, I'm not too well versed on, so I'm not going to talk too much about it, but there's been some culture issues. So between that and not putting a decent offense on the field for the past, I don't know, 15 years, it, it just seems like it's kind of getting old there uh, or it would to me as a fan. But I guess the other side of that coin is you play in the big 10 West. And this is the play- same question though, as the, the Wisconsin question, which is you are Iowa. What, what is the rosy other side of the, you know, the gr- grass greener, version of Iowa football. Yeah, no, you're probably right. And good it's a good point, but when what what was week one? Didn't they beat a team like three to nothing or something? Seven to seven to five or something. It was seven, seven to three. It was some weird it was seven to three. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there was I could have sworn you're right there's a safety involved. I think it was they seven had five. a safety. They had the they had uh, they had they had two safeties and a field yeah, goal. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Two yeah. safeties and a field goal. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it was. It's some yeah. mid major team they beat and I don't know who it was, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying on that, Brendan, too, is that like there's no like what is the best version of Iowa look like? And this might be it. But it just seems like such a shame because we just went over that. You could if you just build something at any of those schools in the Big Ten West, you can play for a Big Ten championship every yeah. single year. You like if somebody's just willing to, you know, take a chance and try something. I, I feel like they're playing just, some mean defense there. I'll tell you what. They are playing mean and defense. They, they wave to the cancer kids. They do do that. Way. They do do that. It's it's hard to knock that. Um, 
Those kids would like some more offense, I bet. I think they would too. I think I think it would be uh, I think it would be good for them and keep their spirits. They've up. had some really good moments in the past five years, but they have to be sick of losing thirteen ten and twenty to ten. And it's I agree. I think I don't think you get rid of the coach, but maybe the coach gets a little more focused on getting a big name quarterback, getting a you know a, a really good wide receiver. Uh, I know they've had good tight ends, but yeah, I just. I don't know right now if the tradition of Iowa can can attract top level offensive talent um, is going to be the issue. I mean, why would you go yeah, out there? I hear you. Big moments like they they upset Penn State, like they went to a Big Ten championship against an overrated Michigan State team and lost at the last second. Um, like those are the biggest moments in Iowa football right now, and I don't yeah. know. It, it just. It, the reason it seems sad is because they have such a like huge fan base in like Iowa football out there, and so there ain't it, much to do there. It's pretty much all they got. It's sort right. of yeah. There ain't much to that do in and Iowa. wrestling, like Iowa wrestling and Iowa football. They're good and that's at that. It. Yeah. So and they're very good at that. So I don't know. It just kind of makes me sad for Iowa and makes if I was an Iowa fan, I would want more than I than I'm getting right now. Um, it's a cool defense. It is a cool defense. And then kind of uh, we're going to segue with that, a team that used to have a cool defense, uh, Michigan State. So I'm putting them in the ugly category. You take this one. It used – so Michigan State, for years, they were built on defense. Like they weren't – they didn't have high-octane offense, and I was kind of living that. But they had awesome defenses. No fly zone. Their secondary was great. And then last year they kind of switched over and – they started playing, you know, they got Mel Tucker in. They started playing a different type of defense. Um, they, they they gave up yards up and down the field, but they had this red zone defense that they were going to let you get into the 20, but they weren't going to give up touchdowns. And that's what really carried them through last year is their red zone defense enforcing teams for field goals, forcing turnovers and stuff like that. So this year, their red zone defense is atrocious. They've given up 16 touchdowns on 20 red zone trips for the opposing team. Mm. And they are, I think – fourth to last in passing defense this year. The reason that's so troubling is you have a coach that built his entire career on being a defensive back coach. That's what Mel Tucker came up doing. He was a defensive coach, specifically a D back coach. That is the worst part of this program. And it hasn't gotten any better. It's the same corners last year, making the same mistakes, playing the same style. And it, it makes me so upset because you crown this guy after two years, gave him the entire bag, which we're Michigan State. We don't have a bag. We don't have a bunch of donors that can keep giving us money. This we gave him like $150 million. $95 million we gave him. Okay, 10 years, right. $95 million. $9.5 million a year we gave Mel Tucker, who I don't know. Like The other thing about this guy is, have you seen how he like interacts with the media? No. He, he's not a very – like outwardly like maybe the players love him he's not a very like personable guy and he keeps relying on the transfer portal we haven't had great i think we just got like a low four-star cornerback as our top everyone hyped them in the portal this this past year everyone was hyping the portal but but i think this is the bad side of the portal is you get all these guys and if they don't come in and gel right away and if you don't hit on a kenneth walker who carries your team to a bunch of wins you're not going to have a good football team. They might not win another game the rest of the season. 
Like they're playing Ohio State this weekend. I am scared. Like I don't even know. Like if I can watch that with my eyes open. Ooh, we Ohio should see State, what kind of agreements they can get on the rules. It's like a four. It's like a forty. Brendan, it's like a forty-point spread. It's like a forty-point yeah, spread. We might be seeing the the yeah, UConn rule for the low. second half. So, so, I mean, I mean, the Milton yeah, Jamboree or something. It might be. I think I, they might lose a Milton Jamboree at this point. Um, <laughs> but it's just—it's really upset. Like the fall, and you know, maybe they'll come back next year and they'll hit big on the transfer portal, and we'll be eleven and one again. Like they could do that. I mean, and then, but I, it's just not sustainable. And that's what I think. Like we keep putting a bandaid on every single year instead of just starting from scratch and rebuilding something. And I just, I don't like the way that this is going. So as a fan, it's, it's really frustrating to watch. Um, you got to run more fake field goals, you know, well, yeah, that's that what the program is built on, you know, <laughs> fake field goals. Nice thing to be built on. Fake field goals and big moments, you know, it they need a, to have big moments first. Yeah, they're, yeah. Down, they're down by 100 five minutes into the game. Yeah, they're not going to be in a big game for yeah. the foreseeable future. So um, yeah. that was it. Did you guys have anything else for the ugly this week? Oh, Oklahoma. We were going to talk about Oh, they're, they're ugly. Uh, very we'll ugly. We'll just cover that in the preview for this. Yeah, we will, right? we'll talk about that more. Um, yeah, Michigan so, State stinks. Don't bet on them. No, don't at all. Bet against them every time. So I did want to just kind of run through. We'll go through all the kind of power five action this week. If you hear any game that you want to say anything about um, BC took care of Louisville 34, 33. I thought that was a good win for BC um, coming back a week after they get kind of trounced by Florida state. Um, it was good to see them come back and yeah, they like, stink this year. They can't get a nice, defense, you get a nice but... reward playing Clemson this week. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, UNC took care of Virginia tech 41, 10. It was wake forest beating Florida state 31, 21. Uh, Syracuse beat Wagner 59-0. Again, that was running 10-minute quarters in the second half, so that was cool. Uh, Clemson 30, NC State 20, Duke 38, UVA 17, and then Georgia Tech upset Pitt 26-21. Uh, Big 10, Illinois 34, Wisconsin 10. Michigan put up 27 on Iowa, which I thought that was good for Michigan. I thought it was their offense looked good. And Iowa, you know, what we just said about them, they do have a great defense. So putting up we all cashed that one, too. We cashed it. Was Blake, Blake, Cor- Blake Corum is one heck of a running back. Blake Corum is a great It was a nice cash back. game for the folks. It was a good cash game. Um, Purdue 20, Minnesota 10, Maryland 27, Michigan State 13. Uh, it was Penn State 17-7 over Northwestern. That was a really weird game. Um, Penn State just kind of never got it going, but Northwestern has an anemic offense, so it didn't really matter. Um, Iowa State – or, sorry, Ohio State 49, Rutgers 10. Uh, almost a coach fight in that game. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, I mean, those are two lunatic men for coaches. So that that's like ripe for a coach fight. You, you know what's well, flown? You know what's flown completely under the radar? Ryan Day's become he's big and fat, and he's trying to hide it with a goatee. Have you noticed that? <laughs> oh yeah, he's God. getting fatter and fatter. He's doing yeah, the big self thing. Yeah, he's getting fatter with the and they did the goatee so people would notice the goatee and not the fat. Yeah, it's a pro move. I believe Jim Harbaugh was the was the one who said Ryan Day was born on third and thought he hit a home run. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he did. and it's entirely true. What it's a great quote that true. is. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, so I believe that whole start because that whole fight started because Ohio State ran a fake punt up by forty nine yeah. points. Yes. <laughs> It was so, the punter did it himself, though, was what yeah, happened. Yeah. So he basically started, and Greg Schiano, known lunatic, uh, <laughs> wanted, wanted to fight about it. But it yeah. is interesting. The guy who had his team in the NFL try and 
break the knees of people during kneel down. Kneel down right? during kneel down. He's going to be yeah. mad about what you do at the end of games. Ryan Day, also yeah. a disciple of Greg Shiano, who came up coaching under Shiano. So uh, it was interesting. And then no rounding, love out the, rounding out the Big Ten, it was Nebraska 35, Indiana 21. Uh, Big 12, we talked about TCU 55, Oklahoma 24. Kansas State took care of Texas Tech 37 28. Um, that another game that betting wise got ruined at the end. I don't know if you saw the end of that game. Texas Tech had a uh, was driving down. They were down. Um, they were down. Oh by yeah, the, the refs screwed them at the end. The refs. Well, there them there was a very clear whistle being blown and right in the middle of a play. It clearly affected the quarterback who threw a pick on that play. Um, all the refs got together, said none of them blew the whistle. Um, so they just kind of let the game carry that's the, on. That's so. the opposite of the Joe Burrow play from the playoffs that's last year. Yeah, exact, exact opposite. Yeah. Um, Kansas 14, Iowa State 11. It was Oklahoma State 36, Baylor 25. Uh, the Longhorns took care of West Virginia 38-20. Out in the Pac-12, there was a bunch of blowouts this weekend. Utah 42, Oregon State 16. Washington Surprising State there. I thought Alabama. I thought Oregon State would hang in. A bit yeah, better. I thought Oregon State would hang in a lot closer to that game. I think it was a 10 and a half. I thought they'd stay in the number. I also thought that game was good for the over. I didn't or under. I didn't see for uh, Utah putting up 42 points. So that was surprising to me. Um, Arizona 43, Colorado 20, USC 42, Arizona State 25, and then Oregon 45, Stanford 27. And then finally in the SEC, it was Florida 52, Eastern Washington 17, Ole Miss Whoa. 22, Kentucky 19. Alabama 49, Arkansas 26, Mississippi State 42, Texas A&M 24, LSU 21, Auburn 17, Auburn another team that might be firing their coach if they haven't already, um, Georgia 26, Mizzou 22, and then yeah. South Carolina 50, South Carolina State 10. So some out-of-conference action for the SEC this weekend. Um, and that was kind of the rundown of action on the weekend. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, that was. That was oh, okay. That was what that was well done, Nick. That was rapid fire. Was um, great. all right. So now we're gonna move on to everyone's favorite segment. Remember that guy. Let's go. We need some theme music for remember. Man, I'm glad I called that guy. I like that. Let's get it. That is good. All <laughs> right. So we're gonna start. Our tester did go three and oh, or three and for three this week. So the pressure is on. Don't give him any credit. The tester, the tester probably had Google on his phone. Don't give that guy credit. That is yeah. true. That guy, all that, all that guy does is make fun of shows he's jealous he's not on. Yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell a funny story about the tester when we're done. Actually, great. Um, There's a lot of them. I, looking yeah, forward the to that. Yeah. As it res, as it uh, abides or res, anyway. All right. Player <laughs> <Fair> one. <laughs> it was a first. Uh, I was a first team All American as a senior after sitting on the bench my first two seasons. I finished my senior year with 77 catches, 15 of them for touchdowns, and 1,215 yards. I was a freshman All-American in baseball after finishing the season with the second lowest ERA in the Big East. I caught a touchdown pass in each of my team's first eight games in 2006, giving me the record for consecutive games with a touchdown reception at my storied program. Jeff Samarja? It is Jeff Samarja. Nice, nice. Jeff Samarja. Oh, Big East screwed me up big time. Yeah. yeah. Thinking of Notre Dame. That was the point. Jeff Samarja. The fourth clue was I never played in a conference football game. So ah, that was, nice. That the, the, fifth, the fifth clue. You like to strike be, people out but give up lots of runs. The, the fifth, yeah, you beat me to it. The fifth clue should be he 
disappointed for the San Francisco Giants with a, uh, a five-plus ERA many times. But a whole mess of strikeouts. Yeah. Who right. was baseball-related, so yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so one for one tonight. Player number two. I was a two-time first-team All-American defensive end in 2004 and 2005. I was all Big East in 03 and 04 in the Big East Defensive Player of the Year in 04. I was all ACC in 2005, finishing my senior season with 51 tackles, nine and a half sacks, and 16 and a half tackles for loss. I had the school record for sacks with 37 and a half at my non-traditional power Northeast school. Matthias Kiwanuka? It is Matthias Kiwanuka. <laughs> the old BC. The fire. Kiwanuka. I'm bringing the fire tonight, folks. You are. Two for That's two. That's a bit of that, – that one's a bit loaded because, you know, you're a BC aficionado. Oh, was the previous one a pitcher for the San Francisco <laughs> Giants? Jesus Christ. All right. Now let's get to the third one. Good job. <laughs> Jesus. This guy sucks. No, if you're going to say that part, the other one was for, was your guy. All right. He was well, the last... I remember him as a Cubs pitcher. <laughs> the last one no. is not a person at either of a school that you guys are a fan of. So here we go. Or pro team. Correct. Um, player three. I was the 2008, where it's a Big East theme tonight, Big East player of the year in All-American. In 2008, I finished the season with 2,083 rushing yards, becoming only the 14th player in FBS history to rush for over 2,000 yards in a single season. I would forego my senior season to get drafted 27th overall, the first ever player from my school taken in the first round. I was the first person drafted from my school, period, since Dan Orlovsky was taken in the fifth round, which was still a reach, four years earlier by the Detroit Lions. I would go on to play seven NFL seasons for the Colts and the Chargers. Do you remember that one? Oh, I'm stuck. I feel stuck. Colts and Chargers, you say? Running back Colts and Chargers played at the same college as Dan Orlovsky, a traditional basketball power. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I know who it is, but I can't think of it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do a five. I'm stuck. We're going to need Zachary. Two, one, two for three tonight. To be fair, the tester said, Donald, I don't remember the last name. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, the oh. An- oh, my God. Donald Brown? Donald Brown is the answer. I mean, I, I didn't get it, but. No, you guys I remember the guy. That's this year. Donald Brown, a sneaky, awesome college career for Donald. No, wrong. That is wrong. And he did the wrong thing. Wrong. That is absolutely. We got that one wrong. Yeah. Two for Man, three, though. I got the I, I got the generic last name with a lot of help. <laughs> yeah, Donald I'm, Brown. I'm, he was, I'm Donald not, Brown was a nice little ball player. I didn't realize Donald Brown was yeah. that good in college. He no, he, he so, had a couple nice fantasy relevant years for the Colts yeah. and Chargers. So he had a thousand yards his sophomore season. He got hurt his junior season. He had six on or uh, or sorry, a thousand yards his freshman season. Got hurt his sophomore season. Had about six hundred. And then had over two thousand his uh, senior. What season, is the college school. he went to? UConn. Went oh, to UConn. okay. 
I didn't know Orlov. I was thinking Orlovsky went to like Harvard or Yale, but I know that's no. Not the way he carries himself, you I think knew he it was UConn, but I I was so blanked on what on who the running back was from UConn. But. Have you ever met somebody that went to UConn that carried themselves like they went to like Harvard? Oh God. Yeah, Casey like Hendrickson. Yeah, Casey Hendrickson. Yes, Casey Hendrickson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out. Yeah, that was, that was niche right there. Um, all right, so two for three this week. It's a little too ready. Man, I'm glad I called that guy. Glad we I called that I guy. Remember I that guy. Can't help it. Sorry. All right, <laughs> moving on to our previews this week. Um, we got three games we're looking at. Zach, we'll do uh, we'll do yours last, but we're gonna start out in the Big Twelve in Lawrence, Kansas, with TCU at Kansas. We touched on both of them a little bit earlier. Um, yep, we got we got TCU is minus seven. Yep, TCU minus seven. The over-under is 67 and a half right now. Um, and all three of these games are noon kickoffs on Saturday. Um, big noon. Big noon. Big, big, Welcome. big noon. Um, so look at TCU versus Kansas. So TCU obviously has shown that they can put up a lot of points this year. Um, as we saw last week against Oklahoma, Kansas um, really has shown that they're kind of efficient on both sides of the ball. Um, I wouldn't say one offense or defense has really carried them either way to start the season. But as we mentioned, Kansas five and zero, great story has not faced a team like as good as TCU yet. Um, I think this game, because it's in Lawrence, I think it stays close early. Um, but then I think kind of TCU uses their depth and kind of runs away with it late later. Um, it's just kind of how I see this going. I think TCU ends up covering uh, the spread and uh, winning this game. Any other thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think this is like, yeah, I do think this is the punt. You said Cinderella earlier. The shoe he said slipper. slipper. He said slipper, which was an, uh, uh, he was alluding to pumpkins. With yeah, the exactly. Yeah, you, you know, <laughs> you, you can't just ever let me have my turn and say the word that I want to say. No, it was fun. We were agreeing. That was a back and forth <laughs> agreement. That was a that was a camaraderie. It, I think it's the pumpkin game. You're going to um, talk for two hours straight later. Let us interrupt you a little. For right now. <laughs> Christ, it's a different show. Uh, I think it's a pumpkin. I think I think it's an absolute slaughter. I think it's a murder. I think it's a murder in the street. Uh, I think the I think the 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 red uh, the road runs red in Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> a, mur a murder of hawks instead of a murder of yeah. crows. Murder forget of the Red River. Whatever. Forget the color of the Red River. It is. It's the Lawrence River is going to be red with their own bodies. I think. I like this to stay under as well. I think TCU befuddles them on both sides of the ball. They just held Oklahoma to 24, basically 17, because I think Oklahoma scored at the very end. That didn't matter. Um, and TCU's shown the ability to score. Kansas won that awesome game 14 to 11 against Iowa State. This is just, this isn't fair on paper. I, I really, I think TCU wins by 30. I really do. I don't know. I think it, I think they win something like, like 45 to like, 17 it stays just under and it's a slaughter that's my opinion yeah i think the jayhawks will be dressed in their nicest evening gown a full <laughs> a full crowd a full crowd for the ball in kansas probably the first time in a long time there's gonna be a full raucous crowd for a kansas football Rock game. Shock. um and by by 
the second half, by the end of the game, by the time midnight strikes, uh, they're going to have their, their broom and be sweeping out the back cupboards again um, with the crowd only thinking about basketball. They're just going to be the, uh, the not-wanted stepdaughter once more riding away in a pumpkin. Um, and TCU is going to have, like Zach said, uh, left the roads running red with their blood. Um, that Everyone's going to be picturing that giant logo at the middle of the court waiting for basketball to start. Uh, <laughs> football will be over once again in Kansas by the time this game ends. They'll be, yeah, they'll be I, back. Good Lord, do everyone get on that minus seven while you can. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll be absolutely begging for that arrogant, self-important Bill Self to be like, I didn't. Bill I Self's didn't, belly will grow three times the size this night. I <laughs> This guy is well-versed in Cinderella. <laughs> he's, he's got it. Yeah. So, you know, I think is do you. OK, so collectively, do we think we should be worried about the fact we all totally agree like big time? No, not on this one. Kansas football's five and zero. Oh. Yeah, and that, they're only they're only plus they're only plus seven in this game. I was shocked. I yeah, go hammer weird. the TCU. Go hammer TCU. Yeah, hammer free TCU. money, folks. Responsibly, yeah. Um, no, that went exactly how I thought it was going to go when we talked about it. But I think we could do this show for another ten years, and I don't know if we'd ever have a chance to spotlight a Kansas football game. No, so, that's so true. So I, I thought we'd take that opportunity, but yeah, I think. I think TCU is too much, and I, I think they now are do they much. also? I haven't watched a home Kansas football game in I, since the Rod Mar since or who, whatever his name was Mark Rod Mangino Mar Rod Marinelli. Mar I was going to say who is Rod Marinelli? <laughs> yeah, he used to be the coach of the Detroit Lions. Yeah, that's um, right. That's right. Since Mark, Mark Mangino, Mar days, do they also have the Jayhawk be unreasonably large on the field? I think it's pretty damn big in the center. The of that one field, on the yeah. basketball court is outrageous. It's I think it's. I think it's the same size as the one on the basketball court. It just doesn't. So reasonable. Yeah. It, it the ball on the basketball court like almost touches the three point lines. It's crazy. No, it's like it 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 invades the free throw area. Yeah. Yeah. It is insane. It's when, insane. when you're shooting there, you're always shooting from the paint. Right. right. <laughs> they did a lot of illegal recruitment at that basketball school. All right. Anyway, let's move on. All right. Let's do it. Um, all right. Look at the second game we're looking at. Tennessee going to LSU this weekend. Um, LSU got off to a slow start last week. What's up Auburn. with this line? What, Brendan? Do I have the lines this week? Nick, this line stood out like like the biggest standout line I've ever seen. What is Nick, this? Line? Nick and Brendan, do I have permission to completely change the brand for one split second? Why? To, to, to say it's a trap? Yeah. <laughs> How did you yeah. know? It's a trap. Yeah. Okay. The line is. What is this line? When I scrolled, I was like, what is going on? Couldn't believe it. Couldn't right, believe keep it. Keep going. Sorry. So I think, no, you're fine. I agree. The line is crazy. I think what this line is, is this is the best defense Tennessee has played yet. Well, can LSU, we tell the people the line? Because we're not saying oh, so it out. Minus three. Minus three. Okay. Uh, Tennessee LSU, is Tennessee minus, minus three, three in this game. Um, LSU. My family. LSU. No, Tennessee's minus three. Yes, I know. Against oh, okay. LSU. Yeah. I thought, so, sorry. So I think we're all over the place here, folks. Regroup. <laughs> Reset. LSU minus three no. traveling to Tennessee. No. Now it's now it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee minus three over under 64. Game kicks off at noon. This is the best defense that Tennessee has faced. LSU has a very good secondary. Hendon Hooker has not faced uh, corners like this yet. 
and LSU, Florida has a very good defense, but LSU has more depth on their defense. Um, LSU, though, notoriously this year has been starting slow. You saw it against Auburn last year. That's what could trip, I think, LSU up in this game is if they get out to a slow start, they also are not built to come from behind um, on offense. And Tennessee's a team that can get on you quick on offense. So if LSU doesn't come out ready to play right away, I think this could get out of hand. Um, that being said, I like LSU in this game at home. I think oh, LSU. So he, he likes the trap, and he's gonna he's going to take the opposite of the trap and 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 go with LSU. He is ignoring the carrot in the middle of the field. You and I will probably be. Oh no, I'm going away. to pluck that carrot and go. Num, 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 <laughs> delicious yeah, carrot. Go ahead. You go ahead this time. Yeah. Uh, um, LSU coached by notorious asshole um, family man. He's a really, family, really man. not a He's good a team. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Tennessee's really, just much really. better than them. I'm going Tennessee. I don't get it. Uh, the line itself makes me think it, mu- they must be LSU's going to win. Uh, but Tennessee, it's gotta be Tennessee. They're just much better. Yeah, Year of the I basketball teams, by the way, you're of the basketball teams. That's <laughs> true. I got to echo that. I mean, it just, it, I don't, I saw this line too, and I don't really even look that hard at college football lines, honestly. Um, and this one just, just stood like way out. Yeah, it was in I bold. Could, I could not, yeah, what? I could not quite understand it. Um, it just, it like- has to, the college football does this, you know, you see a couple of these a year, and they're all, the trap is always the trap. It always happens. Yes. Like, so I, I don't know what to say. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go full Switzerland here and go this uh, Tennessee wins by three. Okay. Nice. nice Push. No, no money for any, no go money for that. anybody. Go bet that exact go number. Bet that exact no, line. no money for anybody. Push. What do you guys think? What do you guys think is a weirder line? TCU minus seven or Tennessee minus three? This, this is weirder. Yeah, yeah, I mean the TCU one. It seems like a trap, but we I, there's just no way they don't win by the that. line on the TCU one makes sense given everything. This one does not make sense. Like LSU, no, this, LSU they has plus lost. Six. They should be games. plus six. They should have easily won. Eight. They're not very good. Their coach is a dickhead. Tennessee is like hot. They're beating good teams. Um, they have an exciting, explosive offense. Also, if if the reasoning is that LSU's defense is good, why is the over under sixty four? Uh, everything about it is weird. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with I that agree. to an extent. I mean, LSU. So LSU this year, I don't. So LSU came in, and people thought they were thought they were going to be bad this year. They lost the first game of the season by a point to Florida State. So people they should have lost by thirty if you watch the game. But yes, okay. Be that. I, yeah, don't, in a I way. don't think LSU is as bad as everybody thinks they are. I think LSU is a very decent team. I think LSU got it together. They haven't played anybody really. The, first, the only real team they played, um, they lost Florida State, and then they beat Auburn last week. So they haven't played competition uh, to the level of Tennessee for sure. It's just LSU watching them, I feel like they're going to stay in this game. I feel like they're going to make it hard for Tennessee. Um, obviously, at LSU is a hard place for anybody to play. Being a noon kickoff, I think helps Tennessee. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's prime time LSU thousand times cooler fan base than Tennessee. We can give them that. LSU very That's cool, it. fun fan nope. base. Tennessee fan base sucks ass. 
And we were talking about the yeah. logo in the middle of the quarter of the field. LSU, I think, has the oh, best. Yeah, the the breaking through that tiger big, with that, the rich. That yummy tiger, yeah. With the and eye. Forget, just the eye. They have yeah. just the eye. Yeah, they're, it's don't ripping forget, through. Mike, don't yeah. forget, Mike the tiger is a good – he's a good critter, and uh, they, we need to respect Oh, that. you mean the animal cruelty they have on campus? <laughs> it, it, have you seen – it's a large enclosure. They have a cage that just students go up to and go, oh, look at the tiger, like all day, every day. They have a large enclosure. It's yeah. They bring him in the cage for the game. All like, right. It's, yeah, it's yeah, not right. He's like, terrified 24-7. All right. So Clemson uh, got rid of their live tiger. Good for them. You guys are big time on Tennessee. I like LSU in this game. Um, I said it's a push, Nick. Oh, yeah, you said it's a push. That's Yeah, right. no, I think Tennessee kills them. Okay. Are you taking LSU to win the ball game, Nicholas? Yes, I think LSU. Okay. I think Tennessee's overrated. Um, the last game we're going to talk about Red River Sh- Red River Shootout. I don't care what people want you to call it. It's the mm-hmm. Red River Shootout. Mm-mm. I I don't I I don't bow down like Syracuse and just abide in the. He doesn't bend people. the knee. He's not a knee bender. I don't do it. Okay. Yeah, coming from you, you're going to say Red River rivalry. The guy who won't lock anything. On the other program, you're gonna just appease everyone and not say shootout. Oh no, I'm it's totally, very unbranded. Totally, I'm gonna call it like the. Never mind. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> the the Red River gunfight. I, I know, know you all enough to know where the million places that could go. And yeah, I, I was going bad that. directions. We'll yeah, just continue. Yeah, 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 good. I appreciate that. Um, it looks like last I saw Quinn Ewers will play this weekend. Yeah, it's still not confirmed. Um, today, actually, uh, Sarkeesian said he gave some bullshit runaround answer. I, it, Can you it say seems that like he, his quarterback room is as healthy as it's been all year? It, it, something it like that. It was basically like, I'm going to go with the hot hand, which I don't even know what the hell that means. Well, so when yours I think is you, healthy, he's the hot hand. I, I think he will play. Um, yeah. You want. What's the uh, line in the over under? Texas I have a bunch minus of- Texas minus seven. Over under is sixty five and a half. Um, okay, I, a think, of- I think outrageous lines. If Quinn Ewer plays, I think Texas wins this game easy. I've got a, a bunch of stats. I'll go over and then we'll all make our picks. Okay. It's okay. The first. It's Sorry. the first time since night. It's, it's you know I got the hat. I'm on a special guest. Uh, first time Wait, since before 19- you go. 90- we're gonna do a little Texas talk from Zach. Apparently that he doesn't like that that happened. No, no, I'm happy. But like Nick said, speaking of animal cruelty. He clearly doesn't want to be there. Yeah. You think those guys grow up like hoping to be the handlers for Bebo? Yes, definitely. Like their dad was a Bebo handler. Yeah. Do you think the bull grows up wanting to be the next Bebo? No. No. So they grow up hoping, God, God, please no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Although the right. alternative is like you're on oh, a plane. I think they of- prefer the slaughter, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, a nice porterhouse is better than the the 100,000 screaming bids. It's the horror. And the explosions and fireworks. You have to run through smoke. And yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, there's a cannon that goes off there's next a, to you every a time you Dog runs up to you. Yeah, you almost gore it. Yeah. I almost uploaded that clip, but they flip over the the Oklahoma little station wagon, wagon thing. 
Yeah. Stage coach. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That was the word. Yeah. Sooner schooner. Yeah, Nick. There you go. There Fuck we go. That We're thing. on it. It's my show. That thing's disgusting. Um, okay. Go ahead, Zach. Some All staff. right, Zach. Here we are. Go ahead and first cover. time since 1998, both teams meet unranked. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, how far the, the mighty have fallen. That um, was that's mostly been held up by Oklahoma for the past. Yeah, hey, we've been re- we've been ranked a lot in those games. We usually are unranked after. Yeah, um, but they were usually also ranked during those. Yes, correct. Jesus, uh, Sooners are ten and three in the last thirteen meetings. Um, that's not good. Um, so that hurts. They're also seventeen and six in the last twenty three meetings. Um, Brett Venables in his little you know pregame, uh, whatever, not pregame, but a little interview had pretended like it was just. He did the like the classic first year coach who's having a tough time with his team. He goes, "No, this game's just another game. Doesn't matter at all. I'm not. Okay, we're so not prepared. We're not preparing for it's. It's just come on, dude. Like it's it's I a mean, bigger it's game. It's either it's that a, or it's either that or they do the opposite thing where they act like it's such a big deal, like the the right. like the Joe Judge, like we're gonna carry the attitude of the city." <laughs> <laughs> Right. Which one's worse, you know, when Brett Venable shows up and pretends he's like a lifelong Sooner? Uh, Oklahoma has, they gave up 668 yards last week, the most in uh, that their program has given up to an unranked team in their history. The defense is playing bad. Um, Porous. Dylan Gabriel was hurt. And that TCU game did not return. He's they're acting like he might play. It looks they're preparing the other three quarterbacks to play. Um, it doesn't look like Dylan Gabriel's gonna play. This 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 is amazing. John David Booty's nephew. This is the guy's real name. General General, General Booty. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to steal it. I got excited. Yeah, you, you you're not really able to stop yourself. We did but- it on the preview <laughs> show. We general bootied the preview show earlier in the year. I didn't even know that. Okay, yeah, well, fine. With Anthony, we did General I Booty. Just discovered that today. I, I discovered that today, and it's incredible. General yeah. Booty. It's a, um, a unreal name. It's a gen- And you know what the funny part is? His middle name, General Axel Booty. That's his full name, Whoa. General Axel Booty. It gets better wow. and better. Yeah. Uh, John David Booty of USC fame. That's Green Bay Packer. Name. Yeah. Um, if you look too, like I read a thing, there's a lot of interesting names in the Booty family. Like there are. <laughs> I bet there are. Ones. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Big, they got big, juicy booty too. Um, all right, M- moving on, moving on. Uh, so now I've, I've given you my stats. Um, now I'm going to give you my pick, and then I'll let you guys tear it down or whatever okay. you want to do. Um, now I do think this is like the scary line. Like we got to give seven to a team that always finds a way to beat us. The last two years have been absolute horror. Last year, 24- Texas was up like 15 no, I, I and lost. Jesus Christ. Two years ago, they we lost fifty-five to forty-eight in quadruple overtime. I think, yeah, it was no, we lost by eight in quadruple overtime. Uh, it was devastating and horrible. Uh, they always this game always drains me, like completely drains my soul for the last basically last twenty years. Even the years where we have beaten them, the season usually ends in horrible tears somewhere. Like the year we did beat them in the Red River uh, shootout, we lost them the Big Twelve championship game. We didn't get to go to the CP, uh, CFP. Um, so it's always just kind of a horror. Um, so I am wary that we, you know, I don't necessarily feel super comfortable being the favorite in this game. Sometimes I prefer when Texas like plus three, plus four, but 
I still, I think, regardless of QB, I think we beat this team. I think our running back, running backs, Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson. Bijan is a star. He's going to be in the NFL. He's just been fantastic this year. And our receiver, Xavier Worthy, is just coming along so well. He's got a touchdown in every game, except for one where he didn't play because he was hurt. Um, he even threw for a touchdown last week. Um, I think we I think we put it to them. I, I think they're kind of a shambles, Oklahoma, offensively and defensively. Um, I like, you know, they'll find a way to stick around. Hopefully we don't blow another 21-point lead like we did the last two years. So I got us winning by 10, 45-35. And that was this week's episode of Late Night Longhorns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about these teams. Uh, Oklahoma getting seven, Oklahoma. So one team owns the other team for the most part. I'll go with that team getting seven Oklahoma. I, I, I think this who, is who a wins? throw out the who record wins? book game. Oklahoma though. wins. Oklahoma agree. wins outright. I don't fucking like you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pick. We're picking. Um, I, unlike Zach, I do think it matters if Quinn Ewers is playing. I think if Quinn Ewers is not playing, I like Oklahoma to stay within the number and I think it could get real dicey at the end. Um, I think if Quinn Ewers is playing, I think Texas is by far the better team. I think they're better on both sides of the ball. Um, with B. John Robinson, and like you said, Worthy coming on as of late, I think that offense is really scary. I think if Quinn Ewers comes back and he plays like he did before they got hurt, I don't think Texas loses another game this season. I think Texas with Quinn Ewers is – the best team in the Big 12 this year. Yeah, and it doesn't matter because we dumped the Texas Tech game. So. It, it, well, I think if you win out, you'll be fine. Like we, I said. We won't be a college football playoff team. Well, no. Regardless. Not, no. If we had beaten Texas Tech and lost to Alabama by yes. one and then ran the table, yes, we would be yes. in. Correct. Yeah, correct. Um, so yeah, I, think it, I don't I, care. It's, that's all I want is to be in the football playoff. No, then, you know, <laughs> next Oklahoma. year. Then, yeah, then be an Oklahoma. Brendan hasn't picked my Uh, team to win in any sport in like a a month. (laughs) Yeah, but he's not going to just, that's a sign of a good friend. He doesn't tell you what you want to hear. One week ago, like bet huge on them to beat Denver and they lost. Yeah, but you picked Denver on the show. Just saying. I don't recall. (laughs) I don't recall. Nick, let's hear your pick. Sounds like I made a good pick on the show. Let's hear your pick, Nick. Actually, yeah, good job. Let's hear your picnic. I pick Texas. Picnic. I think Texas. I think Texas oh, okay. wins the game regardless of who the quarterback is. I think if it's Quinn Ewers, they cover the seven. I think if it's not Quinn Ewers, they win by less than seven. Okay. But I think they I like win that. the game. Okay. Um, last part, we're going to get into line of the week. And if you have anybody on upset watch this week, um, we already kind of talked about my line of the week is TCU minus seven. Um, I – I, I even more so than the Tennessee minus three. I think this line is entirely based on what Kansas has done and not what team, what how good of a team Kansas is. And so I think you should get on this minus seven while it's that because I think by the time this game kicks off, it'll be probably nine, nine and a half. You think? Yes. I could, yeah, I could see it moving a, a decent amount. Um, right now, I've got the number. It's only 
it's only 66% public on TCU. It's still a significant amount, but that's not usually enough to move it three points. But we'll see. We'll see. I would get on it. I'm, I plan to get on it, get in on it right after the show. On it. Yeah. Um. So do you guys, what was your line of the week? Zach, you said you had a couple. Yeah, I got a couple. Um, I really like Cincinnati minus 28 against South Florida. They're at home. Since he's at home, uh, South Florida's miserable. It's a miserable program. Yeah, they're not doing well. Um, so I'm going to take them minus 28. I think they just kill them. I, I don't think South Florida can really score. Uh, I think since he has kind of, you know, they, they've, have they lost since their their loss to Arkansas, Nick? Uh, no. Yeah, I, I think so. they just keep. I think they just keep rolling. Um, so I really like Cincinnati minus twenty eight. I know it's a lot of points to give, but I'll go with that. And the other one I really like, I like Florida minus eleven um, at home against Missouri. I think Missouri gave it gave it all they had. You know, their whole heart into that Georgia game. I think they just come out flat and just get steamrolled by Florida in the swamp. Um, I don't think it's a good spot for Missouri. Uh, I think that line is propped up by how well they played against Georgia. Um, the kicker was awesome. He really struggled the week before. They, yeah. We'll see. Um, I like Florida win by more than two touchdowns. I, I think Florida minus 11 is great. And then my third one is I don't really understand the Nebraska minus three against Rutgers line. Um, I don't really know if I understand it. Um, Nebraska beat a decent Indiana team. Rutgers got absolutely slaughtered by a really good Ohio State team. I think I like Nebraska minus three there for some reason. I think they're playing a little better without the coach. Um, not that the coach was bad, but I think they're a little motivated. So I got Nebraska minus three, Cincy minus 28, Florida minus 11, laying some big numbers. Nice. I So I, like the, uh, I do like that Nebraska pick. South Florida, a team that earlier this year lost by three to Florida, too. So they can be sneaky in these games, too. Uh, 28 is a lot of points, but I, I do like Cincinnati this year. Uh, Brendan. Oh, what's my favorite? Is that what we're doing? My favorite, favorite line of the week. I had yeah. to use the facilities. Uh, favorite line of the week. Um, I, I think my favorite still has to be um, TCU, honestly. I got to go with double. that. Um, but I'll, I'll throw another one and it sounds biased, but I think Clemson's going to absolutely murder Boston college. They're minus 20, uh, BC, BC has no defense whatsoever. So Clemson's issue of offense is not going to be an issue. Um, and I think they're kind of overwhelming defensively for BC. So I think they easily cover that 20. So we'll go with that one. Uh, should I do yeah, it? I, like, I, I like that. BC's pretty miserable, and they're coming off the high of a big win. Or yeah, it's a, a big, bad big team. It's yeah, a bad, I mean, Maine was marching up and down the field on them. Um, <laughs> Maine. I didn't even know Maine had a program. Exactly. Yeah. Um, should I go upset? Should I flip the, yeah, flip sure. the, switch, flip the script? Uh, yeah. Upset? Arkansas is going to beat Mississippi State. Mm, I like that one. Re yeah. Reasons why, please. Uh, coming off the high, coming off the just gauntlet that Arkansas has been through here. Um, this is almost like an easier game for them, given everything they've been through for the last few weeks. Uh, Mississippi State's coming off that big high. Everyone's talking about them all hyped up. Uh, this is a, they're playing another great SEC team, but it almost feels like a come down game after all the they're they're hearing their uh, they're reading their headlines. Um, yeah, that kind of yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. I think Arkansas is going to beat them. Nice. I like that. Um, upset watch. I have two this week. 
Um, I think BYU needs to be careful against Notre Dame this week. Um, I think that could BYU rank number 16 in the country right now. Notre Dame not having a great year. So not far. that one. Favorite line of the week is Purdue plus three. Um, the Who's other two, the Purdue's playing. Yeah. Who's Ooh. Purdue playing? Sounds like a thriller. It's a Big Ten team, that's for sure. No, it's not Northwestern. They're oh, playing with Maryland. They're playing Maryland. 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 That is right. Yeah. Uh, I like that pick too, actually. Where's that game? Uh, that game is in Maryland. Yeah, I like Maryland in that game. Yeah. Um, well, that means team. with that spread, that means the bookies think it's a they're two basically dead even match teams. Yep. So. Um, the other team I think needs to be careful this week is Wake Forest. Wake Forest coming off two huge weekends. Um, they're going against Army this week, and Army is a tough Army not as good as they've been in the past but it's a tough team to prepare for. And it's going to be a huge divergence from the two offenses that they've played the last two weeks. Um, I also just think it's kind of a weird spot. You play two big ACC games and now you have army before you go back into ACC play. So I just think that one could be interesting um, with Wake Forest playing against army. What was your first upset? Sorry. Uh, Notre Dame, BYU. You got BYU. I agree with that one. I, no, I think Notre, Notre Dame's going to win. Oh, you got Notre Dame. Notre Dame's unranked. BYU's top. I think four. Notre Dame's going to win that game. I agree. Right. Notre Dame's like what? Plus three or plus four? I think. Yeah. It's three and a half. I think. Three yeah. and a half. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Big Tony, Big Tony Marinara. Uh, he's one and one on the year. He's got Va Tech over Pitt. I think he's kind of echoing what you said earlier about Pitt. Um, he gave some reasoning here too. So the exact thing that happened to Pitt last week against Georgia Tech. Just do it again. Run yeah. it back. Yeah. Run it back. Yeah, Same run it thing. back. Yeah. yeah, Kenny Pickett ain't walking through that door. Um, but he is walking into Buffalo, unfortunately, for him. Um, who? Two. I got two upsets this week that I like. Um, I got kind of a weird one to start. Um, UConn is giving Florida International five points. Uh, FIU's plus five. I think, I mean, we all know UConn stinks out loud. Um the program's been miserable for a long time. Yeah, I know they've been they've had a bit of a resurgence this year it, it, for them, but I got you Florida International State last week. Yeah, that's a good win for them. I, I got I got Florida uh, International might be the worst college football team to ever exist. Have you seen correct. that? And they're only plus five. So give me them. Give me. They're going to channel some hot toddy Lane Kiffin excitement, and they're going to take down. Famously, famously had a uh, all-out brawl against Miami many years ago. Brandon Merriweather swinging the helmet around. Ah, good pull. Yeah. Hot toddy Lane Kiffin magic. Yeah, well, he wasn't he the FIU coach? Or was nope, he the FAU? FAU. Yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> hey, that's – I'm not I'm not on the college show. I'm just a guest. Very confusing. No, you're just a guest. Yeah, you're he was FAU. Well, Christ, now that my whole upset – FIU is going to beat UConn. Um, my other one that I like, uh, it's, it's a bit more out there, but, um, I like Washington state to give USC a tough time. Um, okay. yeah, I, I, I like that one a lot. The old more. tough time pick. Yeah. I, I think Jesus, fuck. <laughs> I, I, I'm there. I'm picking them to win. They're my, you know, the shows are better if we don't just like go. They're plus 13. Uh, I got Washington state. What's what's the next segment? Washington State to, to beat USC. I, I like will that. Say, I will say this. Like I said earlier, we could do this show for another 10 years, 
in Kansas might not be a featured game. I think we could do this show for another 20 years, and I don't think anybody would ever put UConn on upset watch ever again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you said they're playing the worst team in college football. Yeah, That's, I did. I did. That's an all-time game. I don't think anybody's well, beating UConn. I don't know if their parents are going to attend that game between the two teams. <laughs> they're just going to watch it on – like, they're going to have to pay, like, fourteen ninety nine yeah. to get the Big East package. It'll, it'll, be like, it'll be like one of those bowl games in the middle of nowhere between two awful teams where there's literally only the, the parents of the kids are the Yeah, and only yeah. some of them. The yeah. dads are going to be on the chain game, yeah. the gang, like, going up and down the field. Watching a different game on their phone. <laughs> watch out for that washington state though i think they actually I, have a decent chance i like to beat that you. one i, like I think that they have a chance to beat usc so. i like that one a lot all right well zach thank you for being here this week um we'll see if anthony back next week but uh great show tonight guys thank you and uh till next tuesday everyone shout out to matthias kiwanuka uh later tonight oh, everyone tune in later also, tonight yeah. Uh, everyone tune into late night Niners. Niners coming off a big win last night, looking real good. Zach's going to bring us a little treat, I'm sure. I'll be, no I'll be, able, be, able, to, I'll be able to speak freely. Without no one's going to be able to interrupt him. I'm really exactly. looking forward to it. No <laughs> one's going to interrupt him. No one's going to give him opinions he doesn't like. It's going to be yeah. a wild ride. That's um, right. Get in that comment section and say stuff he doesn't like. It'll be fun. Um, all right. We'll see you out there.